The million dollar question, how do entrepreneurs transition from self-employed to owning a business that turns a profit? My name is Chris Waters, and this podcast has the million dollar answer. Welcome to CEO Secrets. It's your host, Chris Waters of CEO Secrets. I'm with the one and only Daniel Ramsey on my out desk. Yeah. Welcome, Daniel. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, man. I love your energy. Love it. Man, you know, last time I saw you, we went to a Chicago Bulls game at the NAR uh, event. And I don't know when that was, 2017? Yeah. And that was super fun. And I miss going to basketball games. I love that. Yeah, that was a good time, man. That was really cool. Yep. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't want to like speak negatively of NAR, but like the event itself wasn't like that exciting. It was all the stuff afterwards that was more fun. Uh, the beer garden is what you're talking about. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. <laughs> and beer garden and Chicago. Yeah. 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 And Chicago, which is an amazing city. I don't know if I, if you remember me telling you this, but the night after that game, well, I, I think when we were, I, maybe we were at the beer garden, I went and got, um, I think I got a double espresso. It was like eight o'clock at night and, <laughs> or nine o'clock at night. And um, yeah. I, I couldn't go to sleep. And so it was like, I think it was like 11 o'clock and I was like laying in bed and I'm like, dude, I was in the hotel room. I was like, man, I got to get up and like burn some energy off. And so I started, I went for a walk and I started heading West and I went through like Chinatown and stuff. And, wow. um, the next, the next day I ran into, uh, one of the guys, um, you invited to the bulls game. It was the dude that had that dialer is like that dialing system. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dialer. Sales dialer. Yeah. Yeah. Sales, mm-hmm. yeah, SalesDialer.com. Yep. I ran into him the next morning and I'm, and I was telling him, I was like, man, I couldn't sleep last night. And I started telling him like, yeah, I like ended up past Chinatown. And he's like, dude, what were you doing? Like, that's where all the shootings <laughs> and the crime is. That's awesome. I love Anyways, it. Anyways, so for people that don't know you, Daniel, first off, you had a super kick-ass real estate uh, team. And, um, you know, at a certain point decided to start helping folks with getting virtual assistance. Um, yep. what, what year was that? Gosh, uh, I hired my first virtual assistant in 2007, right during the last pandemic. And uh, then I was at a conference, kind of like what we were doing at NAR, right? I was at a conference and a good friend of mine said, hey, Daniel, could you get me some? And I was like, ah, you know, sure, but I got to charge you something. And my outdesk was born um, because of a conference hanging out with, you know, smoking good business people just like yourself. And, you know, that particular client, his name's Christian, he went from zero to 17 virtual assistants. Wow. And every every two weeks, we whacked $100,000 off his payroll. And he was, oh a, you know, several thousand, kind of like you mentioned, Mark Spain, s- similar scenario huge team, multiple locations. And, you know, we easily took off all the admin, all the marketing, a lot of the prospecting and phone uh, work from these big, you know, companies. I have a quick question for you specific to prospecting. Is it criminal, a criminal offense to hire somebody unlicensed to prospect consumers for the sale of a home? That's a great question. In Texas, they might string you up. I know you're in Texas. So they might (laughs) string you up on a tree and some cowboy looking sheriff might shoot you, you know, take out your left knee and then uh, put you in a tree. Um, Here's the thing. And then, you know what, Texas is even light when you compare Canada. And we have customers up in Canada. In fact, we, we love serving. We have a huge CRM 
uh, company in on the east side in Quebec. And so they're French speaking and they have a business here in the US. So it's really fun um, to have this international flair and like three different um, kind of cultures to handle. So they're French speaking. They have customers in the US and then our virtual assistants support those US-based customers working for that French-speaking company. So really cool kind of triangle. And in and, and up in Canada and many parts of Europe, you have to have a double opt-in. So if somebody raises their hand on the website and says, I'm interested in more information, then they have to go through a process where their cell phone accepts a call from that particular company before somebody can actually call them. So it's even worse than in Texas. And so we train our virtual assistants to be client concierge uh, for those harder, you know, areas where there's more licensing. So they're, you know, collecting information, asking questions and sending them up for a licensed appointment with somebody who has a, a license and a lot of experience. But if you create inbound leads, then all of those licensing rules just they, they're still there but our virtual assistants can um, play in that world and probably take 90% of the prospecting piece and the qualification piece off the plate of, of the business. You think cold calling and outbound prospecting is going to die soon? I don't, I mean, I think people hate it and I think it's less and less, we, we did this whole, and if you're listening, if you go to our website, my outdesk, we have a blog series and we, did this whole, like, what are the success ratios of different forms of leads? And, you know, cold calling is a one to 10,000 success ratio. So if you just call 10,000 phone numbers, you're likely to get one deal out of it versus if it's a referral or an inbound lead or somebody who actually has a need, um, those ratios are like one in 25 or one in five if, if it's a referral. So there's a lot of... Um, there's just a higher probability. So I just wouldn't focus on cold calling. It's just not, it's the last thing you put into your toolbox. What kind of sucks though is, is like when you think about these really scalable lead generation sources in real estate, like Google and Facebook, the, you know, just the quality of the leads are terrible. Yeah. Super terrible. So how many VAs do you have at my outdesk now? We're, we just crossed the 1300 mark of full-time folks working every single day for customers and clients just like you. Mm -hmm. And so um, as a company, we're, we're pretty blessed and excited 13 years in. And we just last month, we helped 110 businesses find leverage. Nice. That's awesome. Are you expanding outside of real estate? Yeah. So, you know, accidentally actually, you know, like five or six years ago, we had a, a boat broker from Florida, like call up and I was like, Hey, what, what's, what's, what are you selling? He's like, Oh, boats. You want to see some pictures? And he shows me this yachts of like, you know, these huge, you know, like, what does that cost? And he's like, that's a $30 million boat. I'm like, what? Yeah. Uh, and he needed help in his business. And I was like, well, if we can help boat broker, we can probably help the tech company and you know, in Canada, we can help an insurance guy. We can help a, we have a um, really cool new business where she's creating online experiences for companies that are having these blended models where some of their people are virtual. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a, we're serving a lot of different businesses now. Cool. That's awesome. What's the big hairy dish's goal for you? Like as a business owner? Yeah. So, 
1300 folks is a big number. We're hoping for 6,000. Like that's a, that's kind of the number and impacting lives is kind of, you know, when you think about it, our folks in the Philippines, um, uh, this is a great example. Uh, yesterday, I was on a mastermind call with one of our virtual assistants, and we were kind of talking through, and she's doing broker controls for her customer. And so I'm like, hey, how long have you been with your client? And she's like, three weeks. And how many errors have you found that if they hadn't have fixed, it would have been a $10,000 fine? Because that's what they're in uh, Florida. So that's the fine if you miss documentation for our contract. And she's like, hundreds, Daniel, hundreds. And she's been with her client for three days or I'm sorry, three weeks, three weeks. So it's like in three weeks, she's found hundreds of heirs. Each of those heirs are worth $10,000 and she completely knows the system now. And so I'm like, okay, you know, it's just, it's continued validation for our mission and purpose to kind of help, you know, businesses find leverage. So totally want to change subjects for a minute. Enough yeah. about business and my outdesk. You're teaching wrestling. Do you? You told me before we started recording. You're teaching wrestling. Do you have kids that are wrestling, or is that something you did? No. Okay. So check it out. Uh, I'm in a I'm in a mastermind group, and there's a bunch of different like business owners. And one of the guys, one of the, like the founder guys, and he's a he's a dude. He's in his fifties, and he's kind of already had a lot of a uh, lot of success. He looked at me once, like five years ago, and looked at me in the eyes, just like you you and I are talking right now. And he's like, Daniel, you don't help anyone unless it's it's for your own good. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, you know, your charity that you do at my outdesk is for your, the help of your own employees and all the help you'd give is for your, your people in your world and they help you make money. And so you're a selfish SOB. And I was like, what? You know, cause I, I give a lot, you know, like, and, but he was right. I only give, I only had this small world that I was giving back. And so he challenged me to find some form of activity where I could give time, which is the most valuable resource we all have. And so I, I grew up as a high school wrestler and I was like, you know, maybe I'll go coach some wrestling. And, and so I found a high school, a low income um, high school. And we, you know, I, this is our fifth year. We've won some section champions uh, shipped over the years. And when I went there, there was only one other coach helping 40 kids, you know, one adult for 40 kids, which by the wow. way, that ratio is messed up, yeah. especially in high school. Um, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been super rewarding. It's funny too, because when you think about contribution, most people think about giving money. And during the season, I literally volunteer 25 hours a week of my personal time. Wow. It's a lot. It's, it's crazy to run a business and do that. And, and then I've got two small girls at home. So to answer. Ah, how old are your, how old are your girls? They know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a seven-year-old and a four-year-old and uh, girl number three on the way. Oh so, my God. <laughs> yeah. I just, I only do girls apparently at my house, you know? I don't know if, I don't know if you know this, but I have a four-year-old girl Oh, cool. and a, yeah. a one-year-old girl. There you go, man. We're, we're girled up. In fact, I'm, I don't know if your life is like this, but my mother-in-law comes over my, my wife's sister. So my girl's aunt, she has a daughter. They come over. My mom lives five blocks from me. She comes over. Our dog's female. Like the whole, my whole world is, uh, you know, maybe I needed it, you know, in the universe. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's what I needed. If you had a crystal ball, you know, any good father's going to say, yes, let me just ask the question. If you knew <laughs> this is something I'm, I'm struggling with and asking myself, 
if you knew that your third was going to be a girl, would you still have a third? And, and can you hear me? There he is. Dude, <laughs> was that me or was that you? I mean, I think it was you. Oh, okay. Are That's you in the fair. Are you in the Philippines around the typhoon? No, man, I'm not. So for people tuning in right now, um, I was seven minutes late starting because they're installing Christmas lights on my house and it tripped the breaker. And so I got a text message from Daniel. He's like, where are you? Yeah. Dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, hey, can I go get lunch? Does this mean <laughs> I get to go eat a sandwich before? <laughs> That's awesome. You're in California, so it is lunchtime there, right? Exactly. exactly. So if, if you had known your third was going to be a girl, would you have gone for a girl? Because don't tell me you didn't want a boy. Don't no, lie no. to me right now. No, absolutely. In fact, my my youngest, who's four, if you asked her, what do we want? We we were like, boy, we want a boy. And and when you ask her why, she's like, I want a boy for daddy because he's outnumbered. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not fair. In fact, so we have a boy hamster in the house, you know, and I, I and we've got this thing and um, I'm with my daughter this morning. She's talking about the hamster and she starts calling the hamster her. And I'm like, I'm like, Georgia, my oldest. I'm like, Georgia, you know, this is a boy, right? She goes, eh, it's better if it's, I just call her her. And so <laughs> this is the life with girls. Do you think you'll go for a fourth? Uh, I personally would go for four or five. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I like the chaos. I, I feed on energy and I like, you know, um, but my wife, I think she's like, yeah, we, she might be done. Uh, I don't know if I, I know we both have a mutual friend, uh, Tim Heil. Yep. Uh, something um, you guys share in common is he has three girls. Yep. But the fourth, he got, he just, you know, they got lucky. The fourth one is a boy. There so you go. Maybe, maybe I'll tell my wife one, that. Yeah. Maybe your fourth one will be a boy. Who knows, man? Well, we were talking about this before the show started. What are, you know, we were talking about how, like, you don't really have any hobbies. I was talking about how I didn't have any hobbies. Yeah. I was having dinner with um, a guy that's like a juggernaut in the real estate space named Mark Spain. And, and I was telling him about this new venture I was going to do with Tim Heil. And, um, and Mark said to me, dude, you need to get some hobbies. Stop, stop starting new businesses. So are, do you have anything going on? Because you said you don't have any hobbies. So do you have any other businesses besides yep. my out desk? You know what? I like to, I, I've learned over the years, so you'll laugh at me, but I don't buy things that are work anymore. So I, I'm a big, I like old stuff. So I buy antiques and like cool old cars and cool old houses and stuff. And so I've just learned like over the years to stop buying work for myself. Cause I'll do that. I'll buy a house and I'm like, okay, this thing has to get gutted. Right. And, um, but wildly enough, like we have a cabin up in Tahoe, I like just putting around outside and doing a little work on, on the cabin. And so um, I have to these I have to get little projects to keep me engaged and busy. But hobby wise, like I, I don't watch TV. I'm not a big. Um, what kind of antique cars do you have? Well, actually, I don't because I so my last purchase, you'll laugh at this. I bought honda um trails little two little honda trails like one uh one was like a 125 and the other was a 110 and the thing about the honda trails the, the first of all it's the it's the most sold motorcycle in the world like honda trails these little you know because they started in the 50s and they sold till like the 80s and 90s so i buy these things and it turns out there's carburetors in them well i'm not mechanical 
And so I'm like, so I got to do spark plugs and like re and re and I'm talking to the mechanic and I'm like, so you have to do this every time. And he's like, oh yeah, bro, I've got four of these. I love them. But you know, every time you got to do something to get them to start. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to get rid of those. I'm, I'm done. I don't want, the, you know, and they were really cool. Uh, but it turns out uh, Honda is making a 2021 version with, that's fuel injected. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy those now. Do you have any other houses besides the one in Tahoe? Uh, that's another thing is, uh, as part of our evolution as a company, like this is a building that our company owns. And so I stopped buying onesie twosie houses or duplexes or fourplexes. And I started investing in commercial real estate. We have, um, a couple buildings that we own. I'm doing a lot of lending, um, my last like hard money lending. Yeah. So a lot of lending on like, cause you know, once you get to a certain level of success, like us entrepreneurs, we want to start and we get energy from doing new things. And I, what you and I both need to do is not do that. So I'm looking for ways to stay engaged that aren't huge money or time sucks. And so hard money lending and investing in commercial real estate, those are things that are, are they're good payoffs. They're good legacy things. How are you um, finding commercial deals, man? Like the market, I mean, obviously now with Corona, I mean, next year may be a great time to buy some commercial office buildings, but like, historically, what have you been doing to find good deals on the commercial side? Because like, the a, cap rates are terrible. Yeah, I'm a nut, man. I am always looking for value add. The last project that we did was a old like um, uh, warehouse in downtown area. And it was really cool because I got, um, I just did the entitlements for it. But now there's five houses along the alleyway that the the actual developer bought from us. So there was a commercial building up front that was really cool and I liked it a lot. I thought it would be a good like haircut place or a tattoo parlor or some, I don't know, some, some of that like small retail stuff, right? And then we entitled the back section of the building. It was like a weird L um, shaped lot. So the back portion that went to the alleyway and to the street, they're now five, you know, two story homes with parking and it's really cool. And then, so I, I consistently look for value add deals and, you know, I don't care what the market looks like. Those are always out there. Are you, do you have a, a co-star membership? Yeah. 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 Get on yeah I'm on co-star. I'm on LoopNet Cause sometimes, you know, it's easier to search on LoopNet. I mean, I love co-star. What did I know? It's a big company now. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm kind of a nut too. Like I still look at the residential MLS market every single night to just know what's happening in our neighborhood and know what's going on in the world. And yeah. What do you, just, what do you do when you go out to Tahoe? Are you a skier? What do you do when you're at snowboard? The, yeah. Snowboard? My, and my, my girls are well, one's a snowboarder. One's a skier. Um, my wife's re, she surprised when we were dating. I'm like, okay, let's go to Tahoe. You know, let's go. And she's just like, Boom, down the mountain. I'm like, oh, good. She's actually good. Like, this is great. And so it's something that we share. Uh, and we're right near Sugar Bowl, which is on the North Shore of Tahoe. Uh-huh. And so we that's where we typically go. And There's a resort there. We, I went there with my wife before we had kids. Uh, I think it was like five years ago. Actually, with a guy from Sacramento, your, your nice. hometown. Uh, Tom, uh, we met with... Uh, Tom Daves. Tom Daves and his yeah. wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, we stayed at the Ritz and it's on some mountain. Heavenly. Tahoe. Yes. He- heavenly. Yeah. So heavenly? I, yeah, there's a heavenly and guess what? I, I, so I got engaged on top of that mountain. Nice. Like That's literally. Amazing. 
Yeah, it's a funny story. So I'm like, hey, babe, um, are you done? She's like, I'm cold. I want hot chocolate. Let's go down to the, you know, let's go. And I'm like, okay, but I got to go pee. And she's like, just hurry up. And I'm like, will you come with me? And she says, she says, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's pissed off. She's like, come on, hurry up. And she clicks out of her thing and I pull her to the side. Um, and she's like, what's wrong with you? Why are you, why are we getting a picture? You're ridiculous. Why do we need a picture? We're, we're up here all the time, you know? So I got a picture earlier in the day and then I got down on a, on, on my knee and I said, will you marry me? And she like force flew her hand out, but it was the wrong hand. So she gave me the right hand and like said, yes. <laughs> so it was, that's a, that's my heavenly story. Is she a high driver like you or what's her personality type? No, she's a teacher actually. Um, but she's coming over, she's come over to our side. She's now, you know, she has seen the greener pastures of the entrepreneurial way. Yeah. Um, but she's still, I mean, in, in her heart, she was a teacher, you know, she's, and so she's, she likes process. She likes, you know, thinking about it. She talks, likes talking about it where you and I were just like, let's go do it. And we'll figure so, it out. I'm going to talk about something controversial for a minute. Sure. I love it. So the election, it was just, uh, what, yep. a week and a half ago? Who'd you yeah. vote for? Uh, well, first of all, I, I, I love my wife. And, and she's not a Trump fan. And I'm in California, so my vote doesn't matter. And I voted for Biden. I've, I've got a preference, all of that. Yeah. And who'd your wife vote for? Oh, she's definitely a bad. If I had voted for Trump, she would have killed me. Yeah. I mean, she is adamantly opposed. And I think if you look at the numbers, it's interesting because if you look at the numbers, he lost educated suburban women. Like he just, that's the one area that he had a massive, the, if you if you think about it, uh, that's the one area had he done better in, he would still be our president. So, um, and I think it just comes down to, he just did a lot of talking. What do you think about the Libertarian Party? I don't know a lot about it, actually. <laughs> you know, you know what's so fascinating is like the result. People are announcing results or whatever, yep. going state by state or whatever. Um, you know, people. I'm like seeing people. You know, put up comments like, "I can't believe these are like the two choices we have." Huh. And I, and I posted a message and I'm like, you know, people should go research the Libertarian Party. It's been around for a, a long time. And um, for whatever reason, a lot of people don't know about it. Back, you know, in what's, there's, a, there's a family, there's an extremely wealthy family that had a big impact on politics. Um, back in the, the early 1980s, they invested, it was the uh, Koch family, K-O-C-H. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they invested hundreds of millions of dollars into the Libertarian Party to try to gain some awareness, and they only secured one percent of the vote. <laughs> and hundred hundreds of millions in the early '80s was quite a bit of money. So, anyways, um, they put they invested a ton of money in Libertarian Party, didn't gain any traction, and then I, I think some point in the mid eighteen mid nineteen eighties through late nineteen eighties, they they pivoted into the Republican Party, and they started to have they wanted their viewpoint to be influenced. And right. for people to see through the Republican Party, but um, you know, like at this, you know, with this uh, this recent election, um, so many people are voicing their frustration over these two candidates, and why isn't there a better choice? You know, I wish more people knew about the Libertarian Party, and like as like, you know, like most people don't understand what the Libertarian Party is about. They think it's like you're, you know, all about, um, you know, being super liberal. 
But in fact, libertarians in their purest form are probably the most pro-capitalist and, you know, free. Like I, I think about you and like, you know, your values and all that kind of stuff, the, the time we've got to know each other. And like most people, I feel like I know in my sphere, like if they knew what the Libertarian Party was about, they would actually vote for it because you're pro-business, pro-free markets, pro-capitalism, but you're also socially progressive. Right. And so it's it's kind of like a blend of the, a little bit of a blend of the Republican and Democratic Party. Um, you know, their foreign policy, some people, you know, are pro or against, for example, they're, you know, like they're against, like if some, com- you know, some country is like, you know, the dictators killing everybody, like, obviously, you know, we should get involved, but otherwise like we shouldn't be involved in getting in people's business in foreign affairs. Right. So, anyways, you totally, you should research it. The woman that um, ran for president of the, um, the libertarian party, her name is Joe Jorgensen, like mm-hmm. super, super brilliant lady. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, uh, that's who I, that's who my wife and I voted for. We're in, we're we're in the state of Texas. And so like, you kind of feel like your vote doesn't matter here either because it's largely Republican. Although you Californians, like you're all coming to to Texas in droves. (laughs) The taxes are better. The taxes are better, man. I mean, it's, What's like, what's keeping you in California? Like you personally, I mean, you would save a ton of money if you moved to another state that didn't have state income. Yep. Well, you know, what's interesting is um, first, I want to talk about the your libertarian. I do believe as a country, we are all centric, meaning middle. And so I've always thought about maybe just starting a party called the middle. And because the whole world would just, yeah, that's what's right. These extremes that are happening are just, I don't know, they're just funky. Um, we can disagree and still be buds and have 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 a beer later. You know, I I, I just feel that in my heart. But yeah, California, um, I'll tell you why. Uh, the beaches are pristine. The Tahoe, it's the water is still blue. Um, the air quality here, the people here. Um, well, Sacramento like, air quality is good, but not like Orange County, right? Well, I don't live in Orange County. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and I wouldn't actually, nor would I live in San Diego, although I like to visit. And so when you think about like our coastline and we're in Northern California, so there's like a lot of, um, there's a lot of really cool stuff. San Francisco's right there. So we have everything international that you can imagine. Tahoe's an hour, my, literally our place is an hour and 10 minutes door to door. Um, and we are in one of the most beautiful forests in the world. People come from everywhere in the world to come hang out in my, in my area. So, you know, I think it's saving money is important. Um, you know, here's an example. Our office shuts down at five o'clock. Like if you look at my calendar, I don't do anything after five. I'm gone. Right. And a friend of mine the other day is like, Hey, would you ever work at night? I'm like, eh, sometimes on my cell phone or a laptop or a, um, iPad or something, but it's usually not like deep, hard work. Right. At five o'clock, I leave everything and we, and the entire company disappears. Like it's really like a ghost town around here. Right. And he's like, well, how, how have you been successful? I'm like, well, because we don't deserve to be successful if people need to work 50, 60, 70 hours to, to run this business, you know, although there'll be periods like when coronavirus happened, we were putting in overtime cause it was a weird outlier. Um, but I think, you know, I live in California cause I love the lifestyle. What do you uh, dislike about San Diego and like Corona? I mean, not Corona, uh, Coronado. <laughs> I love Coronado, uh, but it's just too packed. 
I mean, it's just, there's a lot of people. It takes a long time to get across, you know, the, the city, but Coronado beach, man, I, the that whole island is one of my favorite places i've got my own diner when i go there so you know there's some the del coronado hotel but it's one of my favorite places in the world but i don't want to live there yeah it's like pleasantville yeah for sure it's weird and what a great strategy the u.s navy back in the day developed that land owned all that land and then said hey look if you serve and you become a general or if you rise in, in, in status and rank within the Navy, you can buy some land here. And so like the whole place is owned by the Navy, you know, and it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's kind of a cool. different world. Yeah. It's a cool, I love Coronado Island and the hotel Dells is awesome. Yeah. Well, for those that are tuning in that are not familiar with my outdesk, I'm looking at the little banner right behind you. I yeah. they, they go check out my outdesk and uh, they can learn more about the organization you've built helping people um, across multiple industries. Uh, you got a lot of folks you're helping in the real estate industry, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's, in fact, what's it cost to hire a VA? What's the average cost per hour? Yeah. So we're $1,788 a month, $1,788 a month for a full-time person. And we just did an actual segment and maybe I'll send it to you for your show notes, but we just did a segment because because Biden did win, we're going to see federal tax go from 20% up to 28%. So you're going to see the the total tax that businesses have to pay really jump by seven, eight percent. And they're also wanting to layer in some additional like payroll tax and health insurance stuff. And so my guess is we're going to see the average business owner increase their taxable stuff from the 40% that is like the high right now to probably 50 to 60% over the next couple of years. And so we just put a, a whole piece about like the state of Florida's minimum wage is now $15 an hour. Like they just passed that legislation. Like at the ballot, the people of Florida said, we want the hamburger flipper at McDonald's who's 15 years old and has a summer job. We want that person to make 15 bucks an hour. And so the value of a virtual assistant is, is just, it's increasing because we're getting people for, you know, uh, uh, about a third of a savings for the minimum wage now across like 15 different states. What does that work out to per hour? 1788. So like nine to 10. Oh bucks my now? God. I know you asked, uh, like 10 something, 1055 or 1040. I, I'm not sure, but it's 10 bucks basically, Got you it. know, some, some change. I like to tell people it's like, think about it like 450 ish dollars a week. That's like the easiest way to think about it. Or full-time employees who are dedicated to you, love on your business and in it to grow and scale with you for about $21,000 a year. Yeah. It's hard to beat. That's, that's hard to beat. Yeah. Our customers last year, we, um, we did a survey and we've saved them last year comparable to other options. Mm -hmm. Uh, what they said was $55 million. So wow. that's, crazy. Nuts. that's really cool, man. Yeah. Well, this has been great, dude. It's been great uh, reconnecting with you. Hopefully when uh, live events resume, we'll run into each other again. Um, I don't know, man. I'll tell you, we don't want to travel anymore now. As a company, we figured it out. It's kind of weird to say that, but um, this there's some blessings in coronavirus. Not yeah. traveling is one of them, especially with small girls at home like you and I have. Yep. Dude, I'm, I'm super efficient now. Like I don't have to go somewhere for a meeting. Yeah. You know, like I'm so efficient now back to backs all day long. I love it. 
Well, guys, for those of you tuning into CEO Secrets for the first time, be sure to hit that subscribe button, whether you're listening on YouTube or iTunes or Spotify or one of those. And um, go check out my friend Daniel Ramsey's company, myoutdesk.com. I'm, I'm personally using a virtual assistant. I think he's been with me almost a decade now, which is crazy to think. Yeah. Um, a guy named Joselle, who's freaking awesome. Um, so anyways, um, Daniel, it was great reconnecting. Thanks for being on the show and um, look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Hi, right, brother. Thank you. Take care, man. Want more CEO secrets? If so, you can get a free copy of my book, The Million Dollar Real Estate Team at www.themilliondollarrealestateteam.com for free. Inside this book, you'll find my top secrets that we've used to net $1 million in just three years.